Hello, welcome to a dreams experience, conflict chaos. My name is Sean Laurie, and as an entrepreneur and a father of four, I want to give you guys different insights from either myself, my wife, or others that will not only help you as an individual, but also as a parent to the chaos. And hey guys, my name is Tiffany Lowry, and I co-host alongside my husband. I do wear many hats, and the two that I'm the most proud of is being a mother and a wife. We've had many chaotic moments as a family, but have somehow always managed to conquer the chaos. And that's why I'm excited to be here with you guys to share part of our journey. Yes, yes. And, and we're super excited. You know, we have, man, he, he he does so many different things, have so many different hats. Some of you guys might know him as Mr. Real Life Bars, um, Coach Red, Desmond. What, I don't know. He, he, has, <laughs> he has so many different hats, but we're just so excited to have him on. Um, how you doing, man? I'm good. How y'all doing? Pretty good. good, good. Pretty good. Um, what we like to do, what we what we like to do to get the jitters, you know, get them going away, is a little icebreaker. Um, oh, and I think you said you, you had a pretty good one for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, when did you first fall in love with basketball? Uh, what is it? Uh, born in '88. 96 you know uh the Allen Iverson the Kobe draft so you know we've seen the the rebel come in himself uh Allen Iverson and, and Kobe yeah. Bryant they pretty much came in and changed the game so it was probably back in 1996 when I was eight years old and I was able to understand and actually do what no not even do what they was doing but some similar things that they was doing and it was when Allen Iverson came into the league Mm. That's pretty awesome. So how now I think about it too, because you're you're a Heat fan, right? <laughs> so how did you go from Allen Iverson? Because you should be a Sixer fan then, I would think, right? Uh not necessarily. I was never a fan of <laughs> I was never a fan of the team, but it's more so Allen Iverson. For me, practicing his mannerisms, practicing his crossover day in and day out. Uh that's pretty much what bred the rebel in me as far as a uh, basketball standpoint. Okay. Okay. So it's yeah, so, definitely not a Sixers fan. Okay. All right. All right. So we're not gonna, you know, talk about you maybe jumping ship and joining because Brian went there. We won't. We won't do that. Okay. That's that's. that's, that's we'll, we'll let you live on that one then, I guess. Heat Nation. Um, <laughs> but no. But um. Tell. I guess tell. You know. Tell the people like like I mentioned earlier. You know, you're you're coaching. You're, oh, you're a father. I, I didn't even mention that. You're. You're a father of, of amazing three boys as well. Um, and I know you're you're so involved in their lives and things like that. But just tell, you know, us a little bit about your childhood and how that has shaped you to be the father that you are today. Uh, honestly, you know, growing up with uh, five brothers and four sisters. And then once I got to about 11, 12 years old, my parents divorced. It was more of a responsible role. You know, you learn how to be resourceful. You learn how to be a person that uh, was solution oriented as far as like, you know, you got nine other people that's in the household. So you have to learn how to be a little bit organized. You have to learn how to be a leader early on because I started that at 11, 12 years old. Like I said, they divorced at that age. So I had to learn a lot of things earlier than a lot of younger kids wouldn't even have to endure, you know. Yeah. So as far as being a leader in the household, I was the second oldest of 10 kids. So. That's what shaped me to be the solution-oriented father I am. And you know what? It, it, it took a lot of patience because I like I'm the second oldest, so that's eight under me. So it took a lot of patience to be able to develop those skill sets and that, let them transpire into being a father. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you because, you know, pretty much you almost was like in dad mode at, at such a young age, pretty much, right? Uh, being a big brother slash dad in a way. Was it just for you? Was it stressful like growing up at times just because that's a lot of siblings, right? And I know our oldest at time, like, which is understandable, but she'd be overwhelmed with, with her younger siblings. And I can only imagine you, you're triple the amount of kids that you was, you know, in charge of. So was it something where, you know, was it stressful for you? Um, you know, like it definitely makes you step up into a role early, super early, because 12 years old, you're not having a kid that early. So 12 years old, that's early for me to be stepping up. Hey, uh, we need to do homework. Hey, we need to get our dinner ready because you know mom be home in a little bit and make sure this is clean because if she came home and he was lounging it was pretty much it's pretty much over with so being in that role early on it made me understand responsibility early on yeah that's kind of similar for you too yeah yeah i had to growing up I, i was responsible for my little sister um and even things that I shouldn't have had to be responsible for, I had to be responsible for. So I definitely, I, I can't relate as far as, as the, as many people as you was, but I definitely understand of just being dad slash big brother at times. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was a different, um, actually, you know, it's a different approach for me only being 11, 12 years old and then still having to do certain things in, Actually, when I got to about 15 years old, I had to start work because, you know, it, wasn't, it was a lot of school clothes for her to buy. So 15 yeah. years old, you start working and it's like, man, this is uh, this is pretty early. Like I was only a ninth grader working at CC's Pizza, 515 yeah. an hour. Sheesh. Yeah. So you was getting robbed. I was at McDonald's making seven. <laughs> That's the difference between Texas and California. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting robbed out there, brother. I was. I've been working, boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fun fact about you is uh, your kids are homeschooled, right? Mm-hmm. So how has that been for you? And how important is it for you to be able to teach your kids? Mm. Uh, it's a it's a journey. You know, it's not easy. But at the same time, you get to teach them about a lot of different things like the nutrition, the importance of exercise, the importance of being mentally strong. And that's not subjects that the school touch on regularly. It's always uh, the the basic thing. So, you know, in public schools, you're going to get whatever the curriculum provides. And we pretty much create the curriculum. So with music and me being an artist, this is music class. They learn how to record. They learn how to do different things versus going to public school and having a certain structure that I mean, a lot of my, like all three of my kids are different. So one of them likes music. The other one might be in tune to actually doing the background scenes of the music. So they learn it. They learn a lot of different things being homeschooled. You know, it's um, the, like I said, the mental toughness, the health, and the main subjects are reading, math, writing, spelling, uh, grammar, and being a good person overall. So, I mean, how many schools are really teaching kids how to be a good person? True. Yeah. True. Because you could be a straight A student and be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, super, super jerk. Like, yeah. and, and solely based on, oh, my grades are better than yours. You're, you know, yeah. so we teach them how to be a good person overall. I love that. I love that. And, and like you say, you, I know you homeschool and you have um, 
I know, I know because they all enjoy basketball as well, and you work with them with basketball. So is it something where you just incorporate it into the schooling, or was it something that they, you know, just had a, a real interest in it? Like, how did that turn out? Because I know they all enjoy basketball, but was it something where you could say, hey, we're homeschooling, and we do, you know, X amount of hours, and then we're going to be on the court doing basketball? Or was it something where – they just like, hey, dad, no, this is something we want to do. How did that all – because they see you hoop and they see you do different things. Just like you said with mm-hmm. the music, right? They see you do music. Um, so I'm sure that also inspires them to want to do music. Mm-hmm. So how did they um, – yeah, I guess – were they always interested in basketball, I guess? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I put a ball in all of their hands early on, but I let them be kids. So it's never it's never a forced thing. So – if you want to go outside for the day and you want to play on the playground, you want to do monkey bars, swings, or whatever it is that you want to do, you do that. But naturally for them, like from two, three, four years old, they just see me lead by example. And you would see eyes from the the playground. They're like, okay, we got to go over there and, and do what dad's doing. That looks cool. He's going tween around, cross, cross, step back. He's doing a lot of crazy things. So basketball, they naturally gravitated towards it by me leading by example. It was never a forced thing. So that's pretty much how they uh, gravitate towards the game. Mm. Oh, no. I thought you – oh, shoot. I was just about to say, no, I think that's dope that you said lead by example because um, that's something I definitely, you know, tried to to um, really – what's the word? Implement not only with myself mm-hmm. but also with some of my clients and stuff like that. Just let them know that, hey, we're the example, and they're constantly watching. You know, there were so many times my mom thought I had no clue what was going on, and I'm – you know, hiding behind the wall, you know, or putting my, my, my ear on the door listening, you know, yeah. so they're, they're constantly watching and listening. So I love the fact that you said, you know, that you were just being an example and they just started gravitating towards it. Yeah. yeah they, they naturally gravitated towards it too. They, they just seen um, the work ethic, basically. They see me day in and day out putting in work, even though I was never at this age going to the NBA I grinded as such and they seen the work ethic. So they naturally gravitated towards it and they literally want to train from Sunday to Sunday as well as, as Sean Jr. You know, I'm, I'm his trainer. So, you know, they, they love the game. So they, they see what I do and they want to try to put that together as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Um, and yeah, that, and, and definitely guys real quick too. He's, he's, he, he knows what he's talking about. He's definitely amazing just what he does with the youth and things like that. I've seen my son firsthand where I could say, you know, the growth and, and the confidence has definitely been a huge thing because of the Rebel Way, because of um, what Coach Red is doing, So which is amazing. Um, so that, that makes me think as well. So obviously you're a trainer, you're, you're a father. Um, is it hard at times to juggle both? And also it's, it's a two-part question. <laughs> But Mm -hmm. is it different for you, you know, training someone else's child compared to training your child? Uh, I can't admit with someone else's child, I have a a lot more patience because I understand my own kids' characteristics. I see what they do day in and day out at home. So training somebody else's child, I kind of study them and try to cater to what they need as well as my kids too. But I understand what they do on a day in day out basis. Like you seen Des Jr. in action and you seen Sean Jr. in action. It's two totally different personalities, but we're all here to learn and, and develop our skill set. So I try to have patience with them all. But for my kids, 
I understand what they do around the house. I see them interact all day long. So with somebody else's kids, I have a little bit more patience only because it's someone else's kids. I got to treat them with care, which I do with my own kids. But at the same time, I treat them with, with that same kind of respect and um, uh, patience that I would do with my own kids. So with other kids, I try to, I try to just um, let them know the same things I would with my kids. But of course, I'm not going to be uh, as aggressive with somebody else's kids with my own kids because I understand that, like, hey, this is your DNA. I understand what you can do. This other kid, I haven't seen them that much, but I can understand how they uh, learn. They, they differ from y'all. Like they're, mm. they're someone else's kids. So I got to take a little bit more. I mean, I got to take a, a better approach when I'm approaching mm. someone else's kid. So, so does that make it difficult then uh, in a way to juggle because right, your kids could be like, hey, you know what? You're, you're, you're on me about this, but you're not on this kid or that kid, right? Like the same way that, you, that you're on me. So is it like that, that juggling where you're like, you know, like, hey, like, like you said, you know, you know your kid's tendencies compared to someone else's child you're training. So is it one of those things where it's that fine line where you're like, hey, okay, I, I need to be stern on, on um, my boys, right, when it comes to training and stuff. And I need to also at times be a little bit more stern over here, or I need to ease up here and ease up a little bit with the boys. Like how, like, how is that? Cause I, I'll be thinking like, man, that's like, well, I told you when it comes to, to my son, I'm like, Hey, get on them, grill them. Right. But yeah, <laughs> but for um, other people, right. Like I know, obviously you have to be conscious, cautious of that when it comes to other people's kids. Um, mm -hmm. unless you kind of want them beforehand, hey, this is the way I train. But what yeah, what what does that look like? I guess I know that was uh, a long it's, question. <laughs> it's back, yeah, it was a long question, but it's back to the word balance. You know, I have to balance it out and I have to kind of observe. So with junior, I understand that he's more detail oriented. Like he he's he's paying attention to detail with my own kids. They gonna be oh that's my dad so I'm I'm kind of doing what I want to do but I'm playing in the back of the line so he's not gonna say much so I gotta kind of balance that out and gauge it as I go like I'm learning as I go I'm not an expert in anything but at the same time I'm self taught so I go from when I was an eight year old kid to observing them and I try to uh, implement the things that I would do as an eight year old kid to get better and as a trainer I try to put those same drills together for them to help them learn, you know, like, like junior, like I said, he's a detail oriented kid. My kids don't care because I'm dad. So they're going to try to test it. <laughs> test the waters, huh? Yeah. 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 We seen, we, we seen them in action, but I mean, they all definitely developing and growing um, tremendously. Yeah. Um, so how did you come up with rebel way, which is, you know, your brand, um, and what does that mean to you? Uh, Rebel Way is a lifestyle, you know, it's, 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 uh, like I said before, like somebody could get the same result. We go in with four plus two and I'll be like, okay, three plus three, that's the same answer. So at the end of the day, uh, me and Sean, we're entrepreneurs, but our, our goal, ultimate goal is success. So with somebody that's working in nine to five, we don't shun them, but at the same time, we know that we're going for the same, the same goal. Our end goal is success. So if somebody's talking or, or saying something about the Rebel Way, Rebel Way is nothing but somebody taking a road less travel to make things happen, but their end goal is success, just as well as somebody working at nine to five and they're there for 20, 30 plus years. We just, we just try to get there a little bit quicker on our own route. 
Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, I yeah. it made me think too because I I know Rebel Way. It's there's so there's so many different things that that come with it. Um, because I know you have your clothing, your music, uh, your training, and things like that. Um, what I guess what sparked what helped you you know think of the name or or was it something that you know just kind of woke up and you was like oh yeah this is the name I want to go with is it something that was just always in you was it something that you know I don't know your kids mentioned it to you like what was it that really sparked that uh for me it was pretty much embracing my characteristics it was me from like I said seeing uh, uh alan iverson seeing the rebels of the world and embracing that and noticing i had some of the same characteristics some similar characteristics and embracing that so for me i wanted to turn that brand into a lifestyle so that's why we came up with rebel way lifestyle mm -hmm. and uh as far as the design goes i work with a guy uh my last job two years ago and i literally just wanted it rebel way but i wanted the r flip backwards to to have a rebel characteristic to it so that's where we came up with rebel way and this it's literally a lifestyle from the homeschooling from the way we do training from point a to z is rebel way lifestyle i love it i love it because too right rebel can be looked at as a bad thing definitely you know so, so what we uh, go ahead i'm sorry my bad so what we did was we turned rebel to a positive connotation because like you said it's always um a bad a bad uh stigma basically yeah so i tell people to look at the positive rebels and that's what rebel way lifestyle is the malcolm x the martin luther they they all had uh, a certain outlook but they were late some like like someone like me but mm -hmm. a rebel can always be a positive person because we're, we're doing some positive things that's why the slogan is stay inspired yeah mm. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, and, and I gotta ask this too. I, I I know some of the people that's watching right now, or maybe even listening. What I said in the beginning. How did you come up with your name as well, Mister Real Life Bars? Like, how did that? How did that happen? Like, was it just something you know? Did did it take time? Was you in the lab? How did that happen? And also, um, with your music, how does that embody, you know, the Rebel Way? Uh, for for me, Mr. Real Life Bars, that was pretty much my style of putting the music together. It's not the cliche, shoot 'em up, bang bang type of music. I, I really take real life scenarios and turn it into music. So with it being real life, that's pretty much the bars that I write about. So Mr. Real Life Bars came from my style of writing music. It's always a real life uh, topic that I'm writing about. New narratives, our way, uh, struggle, uh, 10,000 hours. It's always a real life aspect that's integrated. It was just befitting. Yeah. That's dope. I love it. I love it. Um, well, two, well, I have one more question for you because obviously we, we dove into the training and things like that. And so for the parents out there, you know, that, are into basketball because basketball is a global sport, you know, and they're like, Hey, my kid wants to be pro. My, my kid thinks they're going to make it. Right. And even maybe some of the parents, right. We, we, we see that often where the parent is just basically hoping and wishing that their kid, right. Oh, they're going to make it putting uh -huh. all this pressure on their kids and stuff like that. But what would you, I guess, as, as a trainer, as a father, not only would you tell that, that child, but what would you tell that parent 
that is like, oh, no, my child is going to make it pro. Or, you know, or that kid that's like, oh, no, I can do what Steph Curry's doing. I've seen the highlights. I can shoot a three, right? So what what would you tell, um, yeah, the, the parent and the child? Uh, for the parent, I would want them to be as transparent as possible and let them know that greatness what uh, let them know what greatness entails you know like you can have the skill set you can have the physicality but where's your mental like you can have all of those characteristics put together for a great player but if your mental is not there like uh we spoke about before lebron james he's getting scolded from the time he entered the league and on his way out so you have to be mentally strong to be able to endure that and keep on moving for uh, the player, I want them to understand, again, it's back to the mental. You can have the skill set, the physical capability to play basketball, but if your mental is not there, you won't make it too far because there's going to be crowds ready to tear you down. And if you're checking out every game, and that's what you do every game, they know they can get into your head. So it's all about having a strong mental as well as the skill set and physicality to do it. Yeah, I like that. And, and I, I know you said this before as well, um, and I – I definitely agree that like the NBA, a lot of times that's what kids see or that's what the parents is focused on. Right. But there's so many other options that can come from basketball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could be a manager, you could be, you could be a, a coach, right. You could be a, a, a trainer, that? trainer, sports medicine, all right. Like literally yeah. what you're doing, right. Like you, all these different things, but I think so many times um, either as parents or especially with the kids, they get, get so caught up in this is the only way or what you mentioned before too overseas Mm -hmm. different things like that too so uh, i think i think that's 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 um note that you that you really share that with them um yeah that's that's my outlook on it because like a lot of kids focus on the nba the nba the nba but my thing is the bag over politics if you love basketball you're going to take advantage of every opportunity presented. If it's someone overseas that's offering you $5 million a season to hoop, $2 million a season to hoop, and you're doing what you love, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. Even though you didn't have the, the resources to make it to the NBA, you're still doing what you love. So for me, I look at it as the bag over politics because you might be the best kid in the world, but you were never put in a position to make that happen and go to the NBA because it's only – a small window for you to really go to the NBA. So I tell the kids all the time, it's the bag over politics. So if you want to go to the NBA, cool. But if you fall short, you have to be mentally strong enough to understand you got to keep going and take advantage of the opportunity presented. So if you go to, we ain't going to Russia, but if you go, (laughs) if you go to Germany or any of those other countries and play basketball and they offer you money to do what you love, you got to take advantage of that, regardless mm-hmm. of the uh, mindset of, oh, oh, I failed. It's a shortcoming. You got to take advantage of that because you're still doing what you love to do for your work. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And definitely something we've talked about as well is just how, you know, basketball and real life go hand in hand in a way, right? And like you said, like with basketball, you know, hey, you fall, you fall short of your goal maybe as the NBA okay, are you going to adjust to that? Or are you just going to, you know, mope and, and pout and be like, man, that's it. Or, you know, like you said, hey, you have an opportunity to play overseas or, or get into training or get into coaching. You're still part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You're, that's still part of your life. It just looks a little different, yeah. you know? And so I think that's so key is just being able to kind of 
um, not only as parents, but being able to teach our kids that, uh, hey, it's okay, right? Yeah, and that's that's uh, one of the aspects of uh, Rebel Way basketball. I also try to go into that realm as far as getting them mentally prepared for the shortcomings that come with it. Because for me, I understand that you can be as good as you want to be because not boasting on myself, I was pretty good coming up 15, 16, 17, 18. But as that window closed, I understood that you might not um, play in the NBA ever. And I had to come to realization with that. And that's why I transitioned to being a trainer because as a kid, I never had me doing what I do for the kids now. So that's one of the lines that uh, I made music about, be the leader you needed while on your way here. So I needed me as a kid. So that's why I stepped up into this role, being a yeah. trainer. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. So as as I close out, I have one more question for you. Just mm -hmm. one more. So um, I know, you, like, again, like you talked about very talented. Uh, why is it that, because you could have, talented enough where you could have said, hey, I'm going to go overseas, right? Why didn't, why did you choose to stay? Not that as a bad thing, but why did you choose to stay and teach the youth, right? And helping the community and things like that instead of, hey, I'm going to go, you know, overseas or whatever the case is. Uh, for me, I understood, especially when I, um, I hurt my, my leg, I understood the window is closing. And then at 26 years old, uh, I had a kid. So you got to understand when to transition and when to keep pushing. For me, I understood I, I had to transition to being a trainer because I had a, a, I had a, a one-year-old. I gave him a ball to see how it would transpire over. So for me, I had to understand when to transition or to keep pushing. Like right now, you said I, I'm, I'm going after semi-pro. If that doesn't pan out the way I want it to pan out, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that because I know I tried. Yeah. So that's just where I'm, I'm at. And I would much rather build the mental of kids and be the trainer that they needed at that age than to be still trying to pursue uh, my dream because that's still a part of my dream. I want to be a part of basketball, which I am. I love it. I like that. Yeah. So, um, Guys, I know you're wondering, like, man, this guy does everything pretty much, right? Um, <laughs> like, he, you know, he hoops, he trains, uh, he does music, he has merchandise. Um, where, where, where could they find you? Or where could they get, you know, some of those things that you're offering? Um, pretty much the website. It's all inclusive. The music uh, to register to do training and parents as well. Like, you know what I mean? Um, parents as well. If y'all want to sign up just for a one on one, because I look at it as exercise. It's a game. You're supposed to have fun with it and be able to um, put yourself in a position to be better with life, health and anything else, because it's a game at the end of the day. So the website is all inclusive. It has the music, uh, the clothing and the basketball as well. So. Uh, RebelwayLifestyle.com is where you can find me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, guys, and I'm going to make sure I put it as well Um, for those that are, are watching. I'm going to put it below as well in the bio so you guys will see. Um, but, yeah, RebelwayLifestyle.com. Definitely, definitely check him out. Supporting. He's doing some amazing things. Um, like I said, he, he, he has such a big heart. He's helping the community. It's just amazing to see, like, how it's growing and it's progressing. So, I definitely encourage you guys to uh, support that. Um, and also, guys, make sure you guys subscribe, you know, like, of course. Um, also, I have a community, guys, for, you know, for the fathers that I'm doing, No Perfect Father as well. If you're interested in that, 
Um, you can contact me at dreamersambition at gmail.com. Um, you can also hit me. I'll make sure I put it in the link as well. But um, you can also go to uh, conquerthechaos.net where I do do coaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with families. Um, also have uh, my course that I'm going to be dropping soon um, in the next few weeks or so. Or so I'll definitely keep you posted on that. But, um, but yeah, guys, um, again, thank you again, Coach Red, Mr. Real Life Bars, Des, Desmond, all those thousands <laughs> of names that he has. Oh, yeah. Man, and, he, and, he, and again, guys, it's one of those things he does it and he does it well. It's not something where he does it and you're like, oh, man, he half. No, definitely, definitely support this man. Um, he's been a blessing for my family as well. But um, real quick, guys, before we go, I'd like to remind you guys, so – um, as parents, we have to keep being an inspiration and never downplay the impact that we have for our loved ones so we can conquer the chaos. You guys have Indeed. a good one. Hey, thank you all for having me. Yeah, so, of course. I get a ton of – so in 2019, there was, a, there was a kid that played for me at Oak Grove High School named Jelani Brown. Um, when I first got to Oak Grove, he was just a disgruntled kid. He was super disgruntled. Yeah, if you're watching live, I apologize. Blame it on me. 
the car is going crazy. Um, but yeah, there's a kid named Jelani Brown. He, he played for me at Oak Grove High School. Um, and he was a very disgruntled kid when I first met him. Just didn't take coaching really well. Um, just was, he just, he just didn't want to take any like authority from any other coaches, but built a really, really strong relationship with him. We took a trip to LA with USA football one, one weekend. And during the trip, the drive down, we really got a chance to like bond and kind of talk about life and a ton of different things. And I got an opportunity to really get to know who he, like who he was as a person, really reach him. Um, but to make a long story short, he went on to, he went on to a junior college. We stayed in, we stayed in contact. Then he went to university of Kansas and played at division one. And just one day out of the blue, I got a letter and he, it was a letter from him. Um, I guess they did an exercise with the team where they can go and write somebody that had a huge impact on him. And he mm -hmm. sent the letter to me. And in the letter, he was just kind of thanking me for like, you know, the impact that I've had in his life and um, just kind of saying like, you know, I'm part of the reason why he he was where he is. He has his, now he has a degree, he has a job, like he's very successful. But it's those things, Sean, that, that really, um, that really makes coaching the game uh, really worth it. You know, seeing these young men use the game of football as a vehicle to get where they want in life. Like everybody's destination is not the NFL, but if you can use that vehicle to get, you know, free education, um, to graduate college debt-free, um, to go on and expand your horizons and meet new people and make different connections and um, really grow and develop not only as a football player but as a human being, as a father. Um, those are the rewards that really make the game, coaching the game, worth it. And that's why I think the true victories are you're going to win and lose football games. That's just the nature of, of the business. But being able to win lives, it's kind of the most important thing. So I think that's probably, that's not probably, that is the most rewarding thing. The thing that I love most about coaching football is being able to take those players, like we talked about before, with a ton of talent and no discipline, help them cultivate that discipline and, you know, maximize their full potential as human beings. Like this game of football can take you many places and it's taken me many places. I had the opportunity to go to China. I've traveled the country, traveled the world, um, coaching this game of football. And I just want to be able to pass on those blessings and those different, those different um, lessons to these young men. So that's, you know, again, that's, that's ultimately like, you know, my, the biggest, the biggest thing that I love about yeah. coaching the game of football. I love it, man. I love it. Um, I love it. Um, as, as we're getting ready to go, we're getting ready to go. What, am I echoing? Maybe I am. Um, You're fine on my end. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I got the car alarms and everything going off, the echoes. Listen, I truly apologize to everybody. Please don't go and leave the, leave the Yelp review on me or something, you know? <laughs> hey, 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 look, this is a disclaimer. Coach Youngest Actions is not affiliated with the Conquer the Chaos. You know how they do the things at the beginning of the show. We do not responsible. <laughs> so just do that, man. That's on me. Oh, we do not represent I'll, I'll, Conquer the Chaos. <laughs> That's is, is there anything you want to plug in? Um, nah, man. I, you know. I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, you having me on board to have these conversations. I think that, you know, us, especially as African-American men, we, we have to continue to have, you know, these conversations, and, you know, continue to 
provide platforms for, for one another. When you asked me to be on it, I just, there was no way I, I could have turned it down. I thought, you know, I definitely love like, you know, supporting, you know, everybody, you know, regardless of race, gender, you know, religion. But, you know, importantly, I think, you know, us as African-American men, we have to continue to create a foundation and uh, to, you know, show, be, be an example to the future that, you know, we can come together, we can work together, um, we can be moving in the right in the right direction and, and, and working to, you know, to be influential in our communities and in our households. We, we can be great fathers. Um, we can be professionals. Um, although I got the car alarm going off during the interview and stuff like that, but um, yeah, that's that's the number one thing that I, I would want to plug is, is you know, just showing my gratitude to you and your wife and conquer conquer the chaos for having me on. Um, I, I I feel super blessed to be able to provide be provided with this platform to tell my story and kind of share some things with your viewers. Um, so I really appreciate you and your wife for having me. Um, I would love to. You know, maybe in the future we'll love to jump back on and yeah. you know, yeah. minus the car alarms and all that yeah. stuff, and really kind of deep dive into some more topics. So, yeah, I appreciate you, Sean. I appreciate all your viewers for being patient with me throughout this interview process, and um, thank you so much for everything. Really.